Well, talk to me about uh, the human project. You mean my project? Yeah. Well, it's the it's it's the house of human connection. So that's the company that I've opened here in Bahrain, and mm -hmm. um, it started. It started actually during pandemic, where I felt that the world became even before pandemic, the world became so disconnected. Social disconnectedness just causing a lot of havoc in mental health and people's minds. So for me, it was. For me, it was something that I felt. I needed to do in order to bring that connectedness back to the world. So it started as a as a as a, a, a love project. Somebody who you know wants to bring that human connection, the, you know, the, the real human connection, back into people's life. Okay, we understand the when and we understand the why, but what is it? It's the also oh so. so <laughs> Good question. So uh, the House of Human Connection has the skill building or skill development arm. Okay. So it's something that helps people to learn how to have a better relationships, whether it's in the workplace or whether it's uh, with personal relationships, how to have a better relationship with self to start with, how to have a better relationship with, with higher power or God or whatever people believe um, as their creator and um, we help people to find that connection with themselves which results in connecting better with others and so how does that process happen so i come knocking on your front door and i'm like yo what's step one we we have program okay. which we we have 10 10 topics in the program and it's run as a group retreat you know so we have the first one coming up next year. Okay. Um, so it's a group retreat where we take 10 to 12 people who want to really develop their skills in this area. And we have 10 topics that cover different areas. Like, for example, we have um, in our faculty somebody who help people to develop the intuition for decision-making process because most CEOs or leaders these days use the quantitative method to make decisions and they don't really tap to something which is so powerful like their intuition to make the decision in business or in life. We have somebody who helps people with uh, presentation skills and not just the presentation skills that you find in, you know, anywhere in the world, um, just learning the technical stuff, you know, how to go on stage, how to present and how to we have somebody in our faculty who teaches how to really connect with the audience. And he called it, um, his name is Andrew Eggleton, he called it uh, from age of information to the age of connection. So as a presenter, you no longer come and share your knowledge or expertise with people on stage. As a presenter, you really connect. And if you don't connect, you are just one of the people who are just on stage getting you know in and out and people will forget you tomorrow but if you know how to connect with people from stage or from in a meeting or in a i don't know at the event or the conference you're not going to be forgotten because you have that um i would almost say like a spiritual experience on stage so he does that um we have in our faculty somebody who talk teaches uh, ethical leadership for example so how you as a leader lead an organization ethically and that covers a lot of things like empathy or um, how do you how do you 
find the balance between the bottom line and compassion for clients, suppliers, employees, and so on, and many, many others. So it's like it's. Do you believe that that has a place in business? I believe that we can make it that way. You don't believe in ABC. I believe in ABC, but I believe we can find a balance between the two. Because, you know, always be closing. Businesses are what? A profit maximization. Well, you're talking about a, a very yes. Machiavellian man, right? Yes. <laughs> it, it is a profit maximization, but we have uh, arrived at the different world. It used to be like that. But now um, we, we actually in a completely different world that we were even before the pandemic. And I'm not saying that pandemic was... A, a, a disruptor in many ways on uh, but what it did to us as humans created a new completely new paradigm and I don't believe that businesses who just focus on the bottom line will survive post 20 23 24 25 I think there's you either change and transform and bring the compassion and empathy into the way you do do business and that connectedness and do social connectedness or you or you fail do you not f do you not feel like that was very true in the early 2010s and now the pendulum is switching back again um, Netflix just recently said to their employees hey you know what if you don't agree with what the content that we're making you're not happy with it get out you know we've we're seeing like Microsoft now saying hey to their employees we're gonna cut back on having all these external facilities Google very famously also said to their employees, we're not going to be as, as, as out there and as like wholesome as we were. So it is, there is a return back. The, 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 I feel like the pendulum is, is very quickly moving again. And I mean, that's, these, are, these are very fancy concepts from a humanitarian perspective, but from, from a business perspective, you as an investor have X amount of capital mm. and you are looking for your what? Your ROI and dividends. Now your, your, your CEO can come to you and be like, hey, you know what, what's the, what's, it's not called EBITDA, what's the new standard? Uh, economic, no, it was environmental, can you look it up? It's called environmental, social, and it's, 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 it's not EBITDA, it's basically, it's a new term that the US has just recently put into place on the uh, S&P 500. And it talks about how environmentally conscious the company is, how much of the percentage of their firm governance, if, uh, yeah, environmental social governance issue, are mm. ESG data. So, so there, is, there, is, there is ESG data and the S&P, can you check up, uh, just to make sure I'm not, I'm not talking out of my ass that the that S&P 500 uses the SEG data? Yeah, yeah, yeah. S&P 500 ES, ESG index. So it is it is being used with with the S, with the S&P mm. 500, but you know that means that Tesla, for example, is not included in the S&P 500, which it's crazy. It might not produce as much as Ford, but its valuation is way <laughs> higher than Ford. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yes, but there there are I mean there are ethical investors who do look. At the, at the data and see which and company they invest in and mm. there are people I'm not saying all mm. but I think if we you know if we start the movement to spread and the awareness will spread and there are people who 
also, and we have, you mentioned that the companies, the pendulum is swinging. Um, to an extent it does, but we also have, as on the, on the other hand, a massive resignation that is happening all over the world as mm. well. So sure, people are leaving because they, they no longer want to, you know, have the same conditions or the same nine to five job or sure. something that is unfulfilling, doesn't have an impact. So that people don't leave an organization they feel connected to. Yeah, you have a high turnover rate. I, I, again, and it's costly. And it's costly. I, I agree with you on, 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 these, on these markers. But if you're talking about the high leaving rate in the US, it's because people found better economic means to support themselves. And this is, you know, they, they did get a lot of state uh, uh, injection capital into uh, during COVID, I think. What, what, was it, what was the government paying out people in the US for unemployment? I want to say it was around like five or $2,000, something like that. So there was a lot of, lot of people who didn't return to the workforce yep. after that effect. Yep. But I mean, if you're hungry, you're hungry. The organizations are looking now to change the way they're workplace is organized and the way they people feel motivated connected and how whether they make an impact or not and the relationship skills the companies that do well the people at the top still have a good relationship skills because you can't run a successful company and not being good at relationship building i i i i don't know if i would want on percent subscribe to that it depends on which stage a company is at the best companies especially as from from a growth perspective as a very early stage are companies that have a cult-like appeal right famously f former Facebook yep. staff would always say yep. we be we bleed blue yeah right we bleed Facebook colors and if, if you're not there to, s to make hours and to, to be there then then fuck off I was told down as well, wh you know, wh we, we're fucking, we bleed purple here. And if that's an issue, then that's an issue, right? So, so there, <laughs> so I, I get that kind of connotation, but I would never, I would never in a million years be like, oh, you know what, are, are the goods that we're sorcering ethical, you know, <laughs> it's never well, it been depends, like. It depends what you, what you mean by, by ethical. To me, I to me, connectedness, you feel a sense of belonging to organization, whether the, there is, there is they treat you well or don't treat you well if you have that sense of you are that's part not of what i'm saying you are part of the family that you're not gonna leave so even if you know somebody say well take it or leave it if you feel you belong if you feel you're connected if you feel this is the part of cult or family or something you're not gonna leave and that's what we teach exactly how to make your organization connected how to make sure that your senior leadership team or client facing team have a good relationship building skills because you can't sell anything to anyone and people don't trust you don't like you and don't want to have any relationship with you so this is this is the top skill that people need to succeed in life you know how do you communicate with others how you connect how you relate so give me a breakdown so what kind of what kind of steps would be involved in this program so i have a team let's say of sales agent or whatever yeah and they're performing okay i want to perform the next level up yeah how long would the course take to, to do it well the retreat that i mentioned it's the it's it's taking place you know outside you can send your top people for the retreat but we also have uh, workshops that we organize for 
organizations for the corporates and it could take you know a one two days depending on you know how big is the team how how many people you want to get involved but the process is it's not the training as as traditional training is the experiential uh, skill building event where people would have about 70% of experience and you know 20% of exposure and the 10% would be your traditional learning and um, it's a it's a multi-sensory event so we, we engage all five senses for people to have a full immersion that's how the learning takes place and it's as i said it could be a one-day workshop if you want to for people to learn how to really connect if you have a sales people and they have a traditional sales technique and sales tools which turn crm most of the sure. people off yeah i mean yeah it's 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 good to have the obviously uh, follow-up and the pipelines and all of that uh, I'm not negating that, but I think if you want to take it to a completely different level, you do need to build the skills that connect the people, that builds the trust fast and build the sense of connection and somebody, okay, I want to do business with this person because people don't do business with organizations. People do business with people. And without that skills, you really, really can't be successful as a salesperson, as a senior leadership, somebody leading an organization, or even as, a, as any team player. I agree with, with that with an asterisk. You know, company's only as good as the people that's in it. There's, there's, there's no yeah. doubt about that. I'm with yeah. you. But from what, I, you're, what I'm hearing here is your, your structure from the perspective of the sales seems to be something that's more engaged on one-on-one. -on -one maybe like uh, uh, brokers from the banking industry who mm -hmm. have like maybe managing three, four clients. Yeah, you build relationships, yeah. Uh, maybe watch dealers, art dealers who, are, who have a very small client base. This does not seem like a program that would be mm -hmm. particularly useful for like, uh, I, I don't know, like a phone center, like a calling agency. I disagree because um, if your people learn how to, again, how to open a conversation, because when you call, I, I actually had uh, this week, like four or five phone calls from uh, a company that called themselves some digital marketing company. They were offering me investments and different assets. They were offering you money or you were they were offering... To no, they were offering me products which products, they okay. wanted me to invest in. And they were hassling me for four or five I like days. That. I, I like that word, by the way, invest, not buy. I like that very much. It's a very old sales technique. I like it. Yes, and um, and that that was the most frustrating conversations. And I did engage in a few conversations just to see how how bad things are. And and they were bad because um, you don't feel you feel the the phone sales team was trained to get the person on the phone. Don't establish the rapport. You literally don't establish trust, report, uh, you know, ask, the like anything. You just go straight into your script. You read from the script. It, the other person feels that you've been read to. And uh, the, 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 the basically they try and as fast as they possibly can, because they know they're not going to have me on the phone for too long, fast as they possibly can to overload me with the information and expect me to say, oh, my God, this is fantastic. I'm in. Okay. So how it's would you? It's not gonna happen. So it's not gonna happen. So you teach the phone as, as counterintuitive as it sounds. You teach the people listening skills. 
you 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 first of all you establish if it's a good time to talk i mean at least the you know basic courtesy politeness okay so you call a, a busy person and you launch your sales that pitch. was exactly my next leading question into it. so you you teach the people how to you know polite courtesy asking find a good time um if it's not a good time ask when is the best time to call um, then you have a conversation, you ask where the person is, how, how they are, without being, you know, in intrusive or something, but it has to be a, a two-way connection. You, 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 you first find out what the person is looking for. Maybe I'm not looking for this, but you have another product that would be more suitable for me. There has to be a fit. And so it does need maybe a little bit longer investment in terms of time from the sales team, but the outcome would be much more so your 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 prescription on this is to creating a rapport with the sales agent and the mark must you must nobody's rather than rather than because my question would be in a larger sense right that from a sales perspective you hit on as many doorknobs as possible because it's a probability thing right out of a hundred one or two will say yes that covers you for that month you building that rapport takes time, takes energy. You go from 100 phone calls to maybe 50, maybe 25, depending on how invested you have to be in with this yeah. client. Yeah. But that doesn't guarantee at the end of, of like it spending. Does. You really believe so? No, I believe so. Because because if you use your old techniques by going the numbers as fast as you possibly can without building a report, and you get one sale, and then you maybe do less 70 calls instead of 100, and do you build reports, your probability increases because people trust you more. People felt understood, heard, listened to. They know that you are, you know, somebody who means well, who not just want to sell, but actually want to solve your problem. The probability shoots up. So it's okay, you make less calls, not 100, you make 70 or 50. And then you don't do one sale out of 100, you do 30 out of 50. And, 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 And that is inevitable when you do build connection with someone because, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, and and it's not just the for sales team. It's for for anyone who is, yeah. No, ahead. no, I agree because I'm like in my head right now. I'm I'm putting myself as as either an investor or CEO hat I'm putting on, right? Mm. I'm, I'm I'm listening to this as I would listen a sales pitch, right? Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's interesting, but I mean it's it's very hard to convince an existing an existing modality a method a methodology into transitioning into something else, right? That's a lot of, in- that is a lot of. The reason, the reason. So I have spent more than five years in, in the organization which was uh, bringing top CEOs together under one umbrella. So it's a membership organization. Um, the CEOs would join and they're not, I mean, there is a very high level criteria for joining. So it's not just the CEO, it has to be a certain very high turnover, very high, you know, n- the, the size of the organization. So we're talking about the top, top, top leaders, world mm. leaders, the global organization. And I have spent five years in the organization as a learning and insights director. And so I was dealing with a lot of top leaders okay. on, on a regular basis because we were involved in organizing the learning programs for them and, and upskilling. Are you and talking and about, m- what is it called, mentalist or mind test or something like no, that? No, it's called, I mean, I'm, uh, it's called YPO. Okay, is that, s- uh, b- uh, uh, there's there's one called mentist or mind test or something, and I think it's a buy-in that's like 100K. 
No, no, it's called YPO. You can you can Google them. It's YPO. Uh, I don't I don't I'm, I don't I don't doubt you. So what is it like invite from from stature or invite as buy-in? I'm not familiar with it. It's it's the it's the it's one of the largest global organization for the CEOs. There's they present in 130 something countries and they have I think over 35,000 members. And yeah, it's very exclusive organization, so you need to be at a certain level to join. But the point I was making, I mean, I'm not selling it. Talking about the organization, no. The point that I was making that after observing the CEOs and working really closely with them and seeing them at the general meetings and uh, seeing them uh, learning, and seeing them making decisions and so on, um, I was trying to observe what is it that makes these people so successful. I mean, they are the top, top, sure. top successful people worldwide. And the one thing, um, and obviously they have different skill level, different intellect level and different, they're very, very different. But the one thing that I observed they have in common is how their ability to build relationships. And mm. I'm not saying they're all very, you know, charming and all of that. No, they could be not. Um, I'm not gonna call them that. I have great respect for, for the people that, that I worked with. But um, they, they know when they, you know, when they need to, they can. Their relationship skills, I mean, some of them are just born with it and they're just really born with this fantastic ability to make the person that they talk to like the only person in the world exists at that particular moment in time. But some of them can switch it on when they need to, when, you know, when the time is right or when, you know, when a deal or something depends on it. So all of them have that extra ordinary ability to build relationships with others and obviously i don't have a statistics to i mean i didn't do like a proper uh, research and it's it it's wasn't going to ask it's <laughs> the it's the it's not a scientific scientifically based research that i would say that i've I, i'm not gonna claim that i've interviewed you know thirty-five thousand ceos and that this is the finding i mean this was purely observational but as I, s the more time I spent, and as I said, it was over the span of um, almost five years, the more time I spent with them, the more I realized these people know how to build relationships. And that ability to build relationships is not at the n normal level. It's just something, you know, extraordinary, extraordinary skill that they have. Wha what exactly do you mean when, when you say they're building extraordinary skill, the extraordinary relationships? You mean that their ability to, to what in get them to show up for a meeting? In what context? It's the in in every single context, in in the way they speak to others, in the okay. way they communicate. So in their listening skills, in the way that they are able to um, f read the person well, in the way that they are self-aware, in the way that they can make you feel like you are the most important person at that particular moment, um, to the way that they can build the connections to the way they invest in the connections with others, to the way that they grow the network and they invest in the network and build that network genuinely without, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be your friend because we can do business together. But there's a genuine drive to build connections with like-minded people. And that's that was one of the drivers of that organization, of course. But I think in general, you can observe that these people know how to build connections which lead to growth and wealth and business okay i, f I find that 
very fascinating um, because I still don't really, I'm thinking now from the perspective of the audience who just listened to this, right? Mm. From, from, from the perspective of the audience, it, this was a lot of conversation about the potentiality of, of their relationship building skills. I, I don't know exactly what you mean with like listening skills. You mean you, you feel like you're being heard, mm-hmm. right? And do you then feel from, from a positive connotation that they're able to, 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 to read you correctly and, and then... You feel understood. So when... Um, okay, now I kind of get it. Okay. okay. So when you... Uh, a lot of people listen to respond. So you listen to a person... And you listen and you think, okay, what I'm going to say next, what I'm going to respond, what I'm going to... It's a skill to listen to the people, to hear them, to understand them, to get inside the mind or inside the soul or inside what drives them. Interesting. uh, So it's something that some people are born with it, but it's something that could be also learned and not could be, but it's definitely a, a, a teachable skill that something could be acquired in the programs that we created. And that creates that level of connection where you listen to another person to understand them. Everything else becomes easy because then when you understand the person, you can sell to them in a different way. The okay. trust that you created with the person is different. The let's say you have something an issue that you want to be resolving and that's another uh, skill that can that you need to resolve conflict let's say within the team or with a supplier or with whoever the client conflict resolution um, sales negotiations all of this cannot be achieved without having a skill how to connect with people on a different on much deeper level that we used to I, I can I can give I can tell you how it is for me from a from a from a perspective of, of right now for example there is if you could if you were psychic and you could read my mind it's just blank because all my energy is focused right now on what you're trying to say and what you're trying to formulate and then trying to understand it Sure. Right. That's sure. the, uh, so maybe other people aren't like that because I, I'm not another person. Right. And, and, th- and like this is how this is uh, if, if we met like outside of the podcast, this is how I am both on and off. Mm. There's no like separation. Right. At least not for me. There are other people who do a show who are X or mm. who are in business X and then Y something else. Uh, the CEO of McDonald's once said in business, it is business, family and then religion outside of business, it's religion, family, and then business. Mm. So there are people who have the separation of this identity. Mm. F- for me, it's always been very clear cut. So mm. when, I, when I talk to people and I try to understand them, be it from any position in life, mm. I always try to understand them from as clearly as who they are and, and what do they want to say in a larger picture and format, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I find it amazing that you, you had the ability, well, the ability and the chance to go and meet people who, who, who are very often very difficult to reach and to spend time with. And I find it amazing that you picked up exactly on the, on the spots that they're very well listeners and relationship builders. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't know how that transitions into a mechanism 
of, of, of profit mm. because it's always, an, it, from profit, it's always ROI. It doesn't matter how good my relationship is with John. If the numbers don't work, the numbers don't work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it <laughs> yeah, but you separate them too and they are, they are connected. They direct, directly impact. And so if, if you sell to John mm -hmm. and your profit depends on whether John buys from you or not. Sure. And you have a good relationship from John. John is going to buy from you because he trusts you, not because maybe sometimes, not even because your product is better. Sure. So that, de that depends on the industry, though, very specifically. Depends on the industry, obviously, you know, with w different industry, but even with the different industries, when you do, you know, mergers and acquisitions, when you do a lot of business deals, that's where the skills come in. This, because this is what I find interesting. I can tell you from, from, from perspective of, of aluminium, uh, um, uh, 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 oh, I forgot the name of the product, um, not consumables, um, uh, commodity products. Mm -hmm. It's the identical product, yeah. Right, whether you yeah. buy it from factory X or Y, it is the same product. Yeah. So the 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 way that deal happens in structures is that it's a bidding war. Mm -hmm. You either bid to 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 sell, and you're willing to to sell it at the lowest rate, or you bid to buy, right? And you try to bid it at at the lowest rate, but from the other side, right? Mm -hmm. Ideally, as as from a company perspective, you always want to sell high, buy low. Right, and so mm -hmm. both those it works. There is like zero relationship within that industry. Do you know what I mean? There's the, well, I'm not saying that the relationship is everything. I'm I'm not negating the the business side of it and and you know profit and loss, loss and all of this. Um, I'm just saying that. Do you get what I mean? The, even if the even if, uh, even the commodity company would still have an elements of relationship building. In, on some level somewhere. I'm not familiar with the, with the necessarily the process of the aluminium industry. industry or class or plastic so I'm not, or gonna, I'm not gonna claim that I know every industry by heart, um, but I'm saying that in any industry, the, whether there is a point of sale or whether there is a point of interaction at the, at the higher level with another company, whether there is, there is, the relationship comes in, unless the company is run by robots, even robots need relationship skills, so. So fascinating. Uh, uh, because like, the, uh, I, mean, I mean, I come from a background of business, I studied business, we I never I had. Did too. No, I did, I had an MBA, and one of the professors in my uh, cohort he gave us uh, two case studies, hmm. and he said there's two. There were uh, two two case studies. There were two private schools, and one and they they have identical everything. So they have identical uh, size, identical markets, identical you know where they uh, attract people. Everything, every every other. Uh, Et al. Is yeah. it? Dan, can you look it up? Latin word for uh, everything being equal. Yeah, I think that's so. not at all. It's um, we we had this conversation a bunch of times with Latin word every for everything being equal. Omnibus paribus. That's the one. Yes. So with all other things being equal, um, one school was doing better than the others, and they couldn't find what what was that because they just looked at everything you know like the normally like business business study the case study you look and you can't find it now what they found there was a human factor the principle of the school was 
loving what she was doing so much that he called this business case as bringing Bunny to life. Okay. She brought Bunny to life by okay. how she was loving what she was doing. And when you love what you do, what what it translates into, you have better relationship with parents, with people who you know bring kids to school and, and, and to school and everything. The kids would kids were doing better. Um, parents were happy and so on. But but if you look at the starting, the basis, the starting point they had, it was exactly identical. They had the same budgets and they had the same things. But one school was doing better in terms of performance, both financial and in academically, and the other school was doing less. And so the point that this professor was making, so this the, the case was, you know, bringing Bunny to life, you know, the toy um, Bunny, that the human factor is huge in any business, huge. And it's not just loving what you do, but it's also how you relate to others. And that's also love. It's, it's fascinating to me. B because again, I mean, I've, I've never really seen it from that. It's like we're, like there's a, like there's a river between the, between the two of us. I, I, I find it fascinating because I've never thought about business in that venue ever in my entire 31 something years I've never come across even like thinking about it so I, I find it very fascinating this this aspect of, of, of building relationship in that sense like uh, sure after the show I have friends and we become friends and stuff like that that's that's normal procedure right and some of my from from uh, consultancy days you're, you're sure you become friends with some of the clients, of course. that's natural. But I've I've never looked at it from a perspective of 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 hey, you know what? I'm going to try to understand the part, the other party, the best possible way. Because uh, from my perspective, it's always been: is this the best deal on the market? And if we do the best mm. product and we do the best deal, then that's good enough. How do you make it the best deal? By being the best product at the best price. What else? That's that. That's uh, that's for but me. Yeah. But but okay. Think of think of a scenario where you have somebody who makes it a bad, best deal for you because of relationship you have with them. I can't even imagine that. Happens all the time. I I that's like how you get advantage. I can't imagine that. I'm like not saying I'm. I'm I, that happens all the time. I it like it. It boggles my mind. like. I like like fr from a customer experience. I, I guess because I'm, I'm I'm different than 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 you and, and and a lot of people in that I want to have the least amount of possible interaction, not the most amount of uh, interaction. Like if I'm going to buy a piece of art, I just want to buy it. I don't want to have coffee. I don't want to have tea. I don't want to. Yeah, you know what I mean? As a, yeah, as a consumer, we're talking about the consumer because that's that's a different, completely different perspective. Um, uh, we're not talking about the consumer experience or customer experience right now. We're talking about the people who lead the companies or who face clients. So we're talking about the the part which sells, not the parts where you go and buy. Interesting. But do you like if if the sell guy would come up to me and let's say he's like asking me about my day and stuff like that and like, hey, what's going on? What the I <laughs> I would be furious. <laughs> you would be, yeah, but again, I'm looking at you from a customer perspective. Yeah, but imagine, like, imagine you meet someone, and the person is n not really coming with a sales agenda, mm. and just builds rapport, 
and maybe he just built rapport and went away. He maybe he asked you a couple of questions. So what what kind of thing you're looking at right now? Where you are in life in terms of whatever product they sell? And then they come back and then they say, well, remember. Um, Hamad, remember we spoke about this and you mentioned that this is what you're looking for. We just had something that might suit your requirements or might fit. There will be a completely different experience. And I, I highly likely that you're going to be impressed that this guy is really having my back. He thinks, in the, he, he thinks about my needs. He's not just here to sell. He actually tries to solve my problem or solve my need. And yes, it takes a little bit longer and it takes a little bit time. And that guy didn't come and just tried to close the deal here and there and wasn't, you know, motivated by is a slightly longer, softer, gentle approach, but it actually it's a win-win because you feel your needs are met and he feels he closed the deal. You both feel good about it because both of you feel satisfied. Uh, it's, it's, it's super, super interesting. I mean, I, I, I've heard of the concept before selling without selling, right? I've heard of the, the, the theory behind it. I've heard of like the the soft bake approach where you're like building that rapport. Mm. You're not really attending to sell a product, but really you are trying to sell a product. I, I I've I've heard of that concept before. I just never I just never knew it 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 is financially feasible. Like it, it that it worked super well. I'm I'm super interested that you're saying to me, hey, you know what, Hamid, th this does work and it does work mm. very well for us. Mm. But I I mean it. I feel like it. It it'll work better on on a higher end level of client than rather like a B two B business. Mm. Yes, mm. B two C very hard to implement. Y yeah, you kind of see what I mean. Well, yeah, we're not talking like as 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 I mentioned, there are there are um, people who need those skills in client facing roles in sales, and there are people who need the, that those skills in senior leadership. We're not all for all, and I I, I would be lying to you if I say well anyone would you know would would could you know it would be applicable to absolutely every business so it's somewhere where i feel all organization have to move to so there won't be in the world three years from now there won't be a company that doesn't think about how to genuinely impact people how to genuinely treat people with the best possible solution for their to, to meet their needs in mind um, only thinking about the bottom line and the profits i do not think that three years from now i'm not even saying 30 years from now i'm saying three years from now i don't see a lot of organizations succeeding if that's their approach because the world has changed massively whether we feel it or not yet um, it's already here I mean, I don't, I don't doubt what you're saying, but, but, you know, I remember reading an article by the by the Economist, and it said that it said that gov that said that businesses should not involve itself in policy. Businesses should focus on involving itself in the market, hmm. right? So you you're having a byproduct businesses like Nike coming out, and and supporting all kinds of uh, movement uh, movements, uh -huh. rather re regardless right or wrong, you know. But it, it's not their core product. It's not, but they can't. If they don't, they can't attract the talent because the talent now looks for companies doing Im impactful things. So you, if you, if you are wanting to attract the talent into your organization, that's what you have to offer. You have to offer impact, not just a job and not just a salary. I 
find it's so interesting. It's so so interesting. Okay. So and it's not just that. It's the same. It's the same. You know. This is by the way X and Y uh, theory when it comes to, to to staff management. I remember this is this was like I remember this now from from university. X and Y theory. Remind yeah. me. Yeah. Can you look it up, Dan? X and Y theory business. It was basically that all staffs either want money, and that it's an uh, it's an economic. Not anymore. Or, yeah, see, the theory, uh, X and Y theory oh, yeah. and team management. Uh, human work motivation and management created by uh, Douglas McGregor. Punishing people to keep their work going, yeah. Yeah, well, under theory, Y uh, promotes rewards and recognition play an important part. This keeps employees motivated for work towards achieving goals of the organization. Yeah, that's, that's old school. We are in different dynamic. We also, we also competing with AI mm. massively as humans already. Mm. So it's not like it's it's coming it's here mm. so education is more or less obsolete which skills we have to develop as humans right now mm. I'm, I'm literally thinking um, that's why i'm like i'm literally thinking robots can do a lot of things these days but so what 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 we have as humans still uh, which robots will probably never be able to compete is the is is the human potential to love to connect to build relationships to use the intuition to use the creative side even though ai now is very creative and they make sure. art and all of that but i mean there is something that our program also creates it's really boosting the human potential in terms of what can we in five years from now will still need that robots will not have but i wouldn't see that ai and humans necessarily compete like i wouldn't i wouldn't put in like skills in <laughs> skills directly i don't how many how many people are now out of jobs because we have the direct competition in terms of skills sure but but how many jobs have now existed that didn't exist in the past right pt for example personal trainer wasn't a thing a, a, a job 10 years ago yeah, but it will be content replaced. writer wasn't really a skill will be replaced all of this we we thought even lawyers could not be replaced now it's all programmed that's interesting that's all coming interesting it's it, and it's not coming in you know in the future it's here it arrived so do you then believe that that humans would have to adapt necessarily in order to fit into that business of course world or do you believe in a in a post capitalism economy where where machines would take most of the jobs and then like uh, i think uh, didn't sweden or was it no was it norway that experimented with the universal salary with universal salary for for this population so where everyone would basically get a, an income they, they removed all other social support, and mm. the state said, hey, you know what, you get... You're going to get the... Well, I... Yeah, there he goes. Uh, a high-profile uh, high basic income in Stockholm, which gave random selected residents 500 per month for two years with no strings attached. Well, we, we have precedents. I mean, in communism, they were uh, in socialist countries uh, before the USSR collapsed. We have a precedent of salary being given to people and on equal basis and distributed so there was a lot of experiments already but i'm not uh, someone who can see the future i wish i had the crystal ball right now and i say 
and this is where we had in and this is where we're going to be and this is how the world is going to run um we have you know events like black swans and of this world and stuff like that but what i know for sure is that we have shifted in terms of the social connectedness in terms of how we relate to each other in terms of how the business is run in terms of what people expect from organization from the job from the lifestyle and that is in that is something that happening and it's something that we don't have it's irrevocable so it's something is already taking place something that we can't reverse it's the, the it's already in motion it's it's happening and we have to be prepared for what is coming and if the organizations is not developing the new skills that they need facing ai facing people after pandemic having completely different needs completely different um expectations from 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 the jobs from the salaries from where they are in 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 their life cycle um we're gonna have a big problem uh, okay for for the for the sake of the segment so you you can use it for marketing in your platforms or, or how mm. would you like we'll we'll do a thought experiment mm. right you're you me and you have a car dealership mm. you have a and i have b mm. w traditionally as a car dealer right you have your lot Mm. cars are outside and then you have your sales guys who work generally on commission and sometimes if they're very lucky they get uh, base salary and commission mm. right I would from my thinking and from my old world I would be like closing ABC right always yeah. be closing and if you're yeah. not if you're the bottom performer you're out buddy we've got mm. no we've got no time to mm. waste on you and how would you manage them then from that avenue Again, somebody who hasn't sold cars before. Sure, I, I neither I'm have gonna, I. I'm gonna, <laughs> me, I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make um, um, a guesstimate. Your guys in mm -hmm. your car sales dealership are taught to go, not spending time to get to know the person why they need the car, what is for, and so on, and try to close the deal. And they would focus on what the car has features equipment all the things the gadgets that it has inside look at the button how it goes up and down look at this all of this and again i'm not into cars so you mm -hmm. probably can guess um my salespeople learned how to focus on the person their needs and what they why they're looking for the car so they will be able easily to establish if this guy is coming to have a car because he needs a statement he needs he's somewhere in a, i don't know in in at the stage of his life where he needs the car to boost, whether it's to boost his self-esteem or to boost a sense of purpose or okay. to boost a sense of play in okay. life or to boost. And so they're going to say, well, hey, I think this car is something they're going to make statement when you arrive at their organization. It's something that's going to create a, a, a different uh, impression. Um, it's something that's going to give you a sense of joy. Maybe it's something if the person is looking for, I don't know, somewhere in the life where they bored, they want to play, they say, well, this is the car perfect for having the sense of play. Or maybe it's the mother that has, I don't know, some kids, kids and they, you know, she needs the uh, bigger. You can't know these things. You can't just make assumptions because somebody's just walking in and you just want to offer them whatever car you need to sell that day and whatever gadgets and features that the car has. But when you know, okay, the mother needs 
um, the car that is functional, that practical, maybe uh, stain proof, maybe gonna have a lot of safety features, this car. The sales pitch is gonna be completely different, this car, and you're gonna tell to the mother, this car is super safe. This car is, uh, we don't have any, like, hardly ever crash. If there is a crash, you, your kids are gonna be safe. Um, totally stain proof, totally. So it's a different approach. She feels understood, she's more likely to buy car from my guys mm. than from yours because mm. your guys is just going to be you know shuffling the information in and without asking any questions without hearing what the person is why the person needs the car without understanding what is the psychological maybe need you're, you're what you're specifically talking about is the old pencil trick you know that sell me the pencil and then you would ask why would you need a pencil Wh have you seen a pencil like this well we, you know you're where you're where you're getting information on the mark and then building that Prevor is like, oh, you're not into pencils? Well, I wouldn't be too sure about this. Why aren't you into pencils? And then... I don't know the trick, but I'm just it's saying... Yeah, it's called the... Can you look it up, Danny? It's called the pencil sales technique? I'm just saying that... Or pen sales technique. What... what? Sell me this pen. Sell me this pen. Three best answers. Yeah. They even There was even part of a movie as well. Yeah. Okay. It's an old, old sales technique. They used to use it in car dealerships and stuff like that. What, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that um, we teach how to form genuine connections. So it's not a technique to sell something. It's actually a technique to make any interaction a win-win. So you, by selling the car, you meet somebody's needs and n exactly finding them exactly what they're looking for. And you make your sale easier not saying quicker, but make easier because then you don't have to go through all the motions of, you know, pushing someone to buy something that they don't necessarily need or... Interesting. So the, the House of Human Connection and the School of Human Connection, which is the, the educational arm of the company, is about bringing the authenticity back to our lives on every level, professionally, relationship-wise, uh, teaching self-awareness, connecting with self first, having that self-awareness leading to improved relationship with others, having improved relationship in I with others impacting all other areas of their life, that having that overall satisfaction. Because we are, we are, we, we really are social animals. Mm. We can't function without each other. We're so interdependent. So not knowing how to build the relationship with others, whether it's the immediate family, whether it's the workplace, whether it's friends and clients and, and, and so on, and wider community or global world, is detrimental to mental health, is detrimental to to sense of well-being, detrimental to sense of joy, sense of satisfaction, sense of purpose in life. Mm. So that's exactly what my purpose is. Okay, and this this program, the human... The School of Human Connection. School of Human Condition, sorry. Connection. Connection. I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the uh, as an acronym. It's a mouthful. Uh, you're offering, you mentioned 10 programs in total? No, we offer, we offer, no, it's a 10 topics. 10 topics. So we have our okay, faculty. So I was right with the 10. Okay. Yes, we have 10 faculty members and uh, it's a retreat mm -hmm. 
or a workshop within the organization. And this is going to start though next year. No, the retreat is, is planned for the next year, but the workshops we're offering right now. Okay, so it's... Yeah, oh, so if somebody needs it tomorrow, obviously not tomorrow, but we need time to prepare to create like a fully experiential um, event, but um, it's available right now. And explain that a little bit more to me. So the workshop functions by, by, by call, as mm. in by booking, or does it continuously happen and you can just attend? We, we no it's it's not because because each uh, if we're talking about the organization it's not for general public but for organizations um, it's fully customized again we we come we have a meeting with the organization and we listen so what are current organizational needs where there are gaps what is the organization trying to achieve or where they are heading or where they feel the disconnect disconnect within the team disconnect with the clients disconnect with the world and we customize the program and create a, an, an event which would, as I mentioned, it's multi-sensory, it's experiential, very hands-on. This is though the event, the retreat, this is not the no, workshop. No, 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 the retreat, the I'm talking the, the this workshop. This is the workshop. I just, I'm not okay. calling it workshop because I don't want people to associate it with traditional training, it is not. Okay. So we're talking about retreat is a separate event. Okay. And the uh, smaller scale events which we create for different organizations is happening within that organization so obviously we agree the the time and place and way it's micro events let's call them yeah that. micro events yes and so with with the micro events you you do them very customized based on the client as well yeah, yeah. and how long is like the 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 traditional process between meeting to mini event macro event it depends on the scale depends on how big is the event depends on because obviously there is a preparation time so if there's any faculty member that we need to fly in for example is is G give me some examples i mean can you, can you talk about past clients maybe not names but maybe you can say what you did with them so it's so it's 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 so Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, for, so for example, I'm trying to sell this to you, so you're yeah, gonna yeah, sell yeah. it. <laughs> so, so the process is, if you want to, if you want me to break down the process, so we would go to a client, we would have a conversation with the, you know, with the senior management team, with the HR team, with the sales team, whoever you know, is looking after a particular area that needs improvement with with the skills development, and so after the conversation, we have the assessment of the organizational needs and we send the proposal and we uh, create uh, the best ski or the best event that would micro event would suit them micro event that would suit them and so once the proposal is accepted so we then discuss the timeline so it depends on the client because some clients need it let's say we have it next week and so we see what can be done within a very short time frame some clients say we flexible so we take we we normally take you know six to eight weeks lead time to create something really special because when i say multi-sensory the event engages five senses so we need to think about the sense of not just the visual, the audio, the sense of smell, the sense of taste, and it's the it it has to be you know bringing the whole person into that event, mm -hmm. and that obviously needs time. So we need to be very strategic about the location. We need to be very strategic about what exactly and how to engage them. The right formula to build those specific skills, and how do we um, mix 
the peer because the peer learning is a huge part of every event it's not just you know the learning from the the faculty member but it's also the peer learning we get to know who the people maybe do some personality testing and assessment in advance again it depends on the budget yeah. of the organization uh, we have somebody in the team who does the personality uh, assessments and different you know she's certified to do different assessments that we believe are quite accurate so we might do the pairing based on different assessments just to uh, maximize the peer learning in Okay, g can you give me an example of a client in previously that you worked on and what kind of results did they find after the event? I mean, was it a bigger group? What's on average we're talking about? Five, the group, ten? Like the ideal group that um, we recommend to work with is 10 to 12 okay. people. Um, because it, it, it's, it's uh, we find it's the, you know, just the perfect balance between having that, you know, intimate feel to the event and having enough people to bounce ideas and, and having that sense You don't have to worry about the camera. I'm right here. No, no, I'm talking <laughs> to you. <laughs> because I'm I keep seeing you looking at the camera. No, no, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking to you. Okay. <laughs> so the, 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 ten, the 10 to 12 people is the peer learning that is maximized in that number. So I feel that whenever there is, um, if the group is larger, I prefer to break them down maybe into smaller teams to to create that sense of touch openness and touch and intimacy because the you know the event is something that increases the trust between the members so um, the smaller the group the more one-on-one -on -one work you can do exactly so what we also offer when you, when you say what what the clients get we also offer the post program sustainability so uh, what i found a lot in my previous roles when we were you know looking after and offering different trainings and so on what i found a lot is that somebody comes brilliant delivers whatever workshop or training or you know skills development program and the goal and People say, okay, it was great, but then what's what's next? What's the so we always offer the post program sustainability process. So it's either after the event we have one-on-one -on -one transformation transformational leadership coaching for senior management team, or we have. Um, small mini videos or mini connection mini zoom sessions with people who attended the event um, let's say once a month five minute video that we send them as a reminder or something that would in ensure that within six months to nine months depending again depending on event and whatever what we delivered from six to nine months after the program um, we have a touch points where people can have further Feedback. insights reflections and they say, okay, so this is another one. Now I have another insight. So it continues. And uh, it's something that I found is lacking from a lot of people who offer the training. It's having that prolonged period of continuous learning okay. and continuous development. So this is... I understand that, but I mean, we're, we're still in the question of what, what, what would class clients have... 
have like gained after the event? Did they did they do they have better communications? Is, is their relationships better? What kind of usual results are we seeing? Well, the feedback that we're getting is the relationships, obviously the skills. I mean, because it's 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 the skills. I mean, sorry, I'm grilling you so hard, but yes, I, I mean, you this do, is you do. But the skills, it's something that I mean, no um, trainer pr training provider is going to when we're talking about the soft skills, nobody's going to have a hard statistics that as a result of this specific training, our sales um, have been, you know, boosted by such and such percentage because there's a lot of other limiting factors. Uh, yeah, and, sure. and and so you have uh, v different variabilities that could impact particular, you know, where the organization is in this particular stage, how the the skills were implemented, and something that we have no control over. So if you are grilling me for particular statistics and say as a, result, at all. as a result, <laughs> as a result of our intervention, the sales uh, boosted by, I don't know, 85%, I'm not going to offer that. I'm going to be lying if I'm going to be saying you this. But the feedback is always the, I now know what um, triggers me in certain situations. I now have better um, control of what makes me do things in certain way. I now have better idea how to understand someone in my team or as my clients, or I can express myself without needing to, you know, to, or I can express myself authentically without needing to wear a mask because what creates the distance between the people is when people trying to wear a mask. I'm wearing a mask of a CEO right now. I'm wearing a mask of a salesperson. I'm wearing a mask of a charming, I, um, I don't know, cars, dealership salesman, and I'm gonna sell, you know, the car to someone right now. That mask is something that we take off mm. during the event. Because if you are wearing a mask, th there's no way you can build a connection. If you are wearing a mask of, I'm wearing, I'm gonna be a, a mask of a, a good manager right now, so I'm gonna call this uh, employee of mine and I'm gonna offer them a really good feedback and critique or something. This is what mm. we ensure that goes, oh, I'm on stage right now, I'm gonna wear a mask of a speaker. Okay, so what, what's, what speaker? is like, you know, what, what I'm supposed to be like, speaker. okay, I have to move like that, okay, posture, okay, this is how I stand, this is how, you know, okay, voice modulation and all of that, that is something. Separate, okay. So this is something that we make sure that people take off. It's like pe peeling a layer of the onion, you know, you just say, okay, there are so many layers, but let's just peel off the layers and see what is not yours. Hmm. And when we peel the layer in a very safe environment in the event, um, and people discover, okay, this is not mine, this is mine, and this is uncomfortable with, with what is mine. Then the other soft skills come in, like, you know, communication and listening and all of that, but, but it always starts with connecting with self first. You can't connect with others if you're disconnected from yourself. Mm. So a lot of our trainings, or not trainings, but a lot of the learning that we offer is around... Trauma work, I guess. It's not the trauma work. I we 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 don't have. Hmm. I wish in the future we will, um, where we can have psychologists and psychoanalytics and people who can work with people at much deeper level. At this stage, 
um, we're not qualified to do that work, but we what we offer different tools which which help people to discover who they are authentically and connect to themselves first. And that self-awareness leads to better connection with others, w even without acquiring any further skills. Just when you are connected to yourself better is already having a lot of... That confidence that gets to you. You can then be a more genuine... It's yeah, it's all about self awareness because it comes the confidence and people talk a lot about self love these days. Self love mm. is to me equals self awareness. Mm. If you know yourself really, really, really well, if you take time to spend time with yourself, if you take time to learn a lot about yourself and and, and during the event we put people in situations which creates that self discovery or, or expedites the self discovery. Um That self-awareness leads to self-love, to confidence, to authenticity, to taking that mask of someone, of someone they want to be or someone they ought to be or someone they told they have to be or I have to be a man or I have to be a woman or I have to be, oh, I don't know, uh, a podcaster or I have to be influencer, I have to be wh whoever. Um, when they really discover, I have neither of those things. <laughs> true, true. They no, but when they, yeah, when I, know, they I know, I know, I'm not talking about. I'm, sure, I'm but you chose those words for a reason, though. <laughs> I worked in sales too. <laughs> that was. That automatically leads to. I got you off your chain of thought. Oh, it automatically leads to. M improved connection with others. Hmm. It starts with self. We start in, in every event, we start with self. We don't start, okay, we don't care who you are, let's teach you communication skills or let's teach you presenting skills. It all starts, let's, let's discover who you are. Okay. Do you know who you are? If you do not know who you are, let us help you. Let, let's, have, let's have different things that mm. we can get you involved in to discover. And then everything else that follows is just a beautiful process of adding the small cherries mm. on the top of a beautiful cake once we discover the person's real nature safe and okay. nature i'm still trying to understand how that helps <laughs> business though <laughs> but when people buy from first of all do you want anything to drink yes. because i want to have a break as well yes i'm dry i'm <sighs> drying up and where's the retreat then based at we have two locations. The one is in Italy okay. and one is in Madeira, which is a beautiful island, like paradise-like island in the middle of Atlantic Ocean. And how did you choose those two locations? Again, I was looking for a very exclusive venues. Sure. I was looking for a good climate. I was sure. looking for a good food because, as I said, it's a multi-sensory event, event. Okay. where we want to engage uh, a good food, uh, good weather, good everything environment, um, a combination of really good accommodation as well, because if people are flying for uh, 10 topic program, we're talking about minimum 12 to 14 days, if we want to also build different activities in between. So if people are flying for two weeks somewhere, it has to be uh, phenomenal. Okay. And I'm I've sure it is. Yeah, I've looked at different venues and different events and I've identified those two those two locations.
Okay. And, and it would, of course, it would expand. So for example, if I have a client in Australia, I don't have any clients in Australia right now, but if I have a client in Australia and they don't want to fly a team of senior leadership uh, all the way to Italy, we can find something closer. We can find something. We have a, a really good venue in Bali uh, that we can use or somewhere close to that area and the same you know, in the US, it could be a venue in Costa Rica or somewhere that offer potentially that good climate and multi-sensory experience and, and good accommodation and somewhere. But right now, those two, we find that we can get people from both the US and Asia that would come to, to, to Europe. It's a Europe-based right now. And which one is, is from your end personally more difficult to manage? The retreats or the micro events? Retreats, of course. Really? Yes. Do you also then do the flight tickets, booking, the hotels? Not for the clients. Um, of course, for the staff. For this, for the for to fly ten members of the faculty to coordinate uh, to one location, to prepare the venue, to prepare the flow, to organize activities around it. Um, it's a bis It's it's a big big a lot of work so that's why we only do it once a year because it doesn't mm, it mm. takes one year of preparation wow uh, and how do you reach how do you reach prospective businesses do you have a sales team that identifies potential businesses that you believe hey you know what this could be a good client to work with mm. and then you reach out to them and say hey you know what we offer these services we've worked with x y and z yeah yeah, so very We're traditional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Word of mouth or not so much word, word of, of mouth? Word of mouth, uh, connections. Um, there's no uh, social media. Sure. It's all uh, because uh, it's a different approach to marketing even. Very exclusive. Yes. It's yeah. all through the word of mouth. It's through the personal connections. It's very, personal, it's very personalized. So um, if there is a retreat in a few months' time, I would approach people directly that I know would be beneficial for others within the group. So if I have... I, when you have a product like this, a service like this, um, you know the, 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 the type of client you want to attract as well. And this is not only based on somebody who wants to develop a particular skill set or to learn and grow or just want to retreat and mingle with like-minded people, build those connections. But also part of the assessment is how much others will learn from this individual. Uh, no group program um, is powerful and impactful without people contributing to each other's learning. So it's always a part of the process when you when you go on a program like that. We always have that assessment in mind. Like what would people learn from each other? How what is how can we maximize that learning? Because group learning is m much more powerful than individual learning. There is a magic that happens in a group. Uh, when people get together they really there's a group dynamic that on one hand is very predictable, on, on the other hand, we always are surprised how much it unlocks in, in people's mind because there's always, when different characters and different experience and different 
people with their life stories they meet in one place and they start to interact at a very you know at mm. the depth of of the core there's so many beautiful surprises that sometimes unexpectedly you just think wow the shifts that takes place because of the group not because of even what we created as a as a organization or as an experience that shift that happens can only happen within the group that's why the selection is, is is again also in the same way how the the faculty members were selected um cherry picked in the same way we're trying to select the clients as well because it's about i maybe different uh, from from you in that respect i do things because i love doing them mm. if there is someone a potential client who I know I'm not going to enjoy interacting with. I'm not going to go there just because of sure. of the profit. I have to have fun in sure. the process. So if I'm not having fun because of I know there will be, you know, a clash or there will be uh, something that maybe we have, I don't know, not a fit is not there. It's not going to work. So if that's why it's it's not just you know we put like m posts on social media the marketing it's just it's I as i said it's it's all human experience and human marketing and personalized customized um and it's a new way of doing business it's about having joy when you're doing it that sounds beautiful i like that mm. I we i do agree we are very different animals though so if, uh, f uh, my dad used to always say my favorite activity is seeing the numbers of my bank account increasing. So, <laughs> and you know, and you know, the, it's not mutually exclusive. No, I agree. It's not mutually exclusive. It's not. It's not just because you don't have a hardcore approach to profit and bottom line, doesn't mean that you're not getting richer. Sure, but l l like I mentioned, also in fact, it's the opposite. I agree with uh, that statement. I th there's that quote. How does it go? Um, uh, if you keep your f keep your friends rich and keep your enemies rich, try to see which is which. So I, I think there's there's un there's truth to that. It's I always think that we limit our thinking or traditional way of thinking that if we don't focus on bottom line, we're not going to achieve it. We can achieve it as a byproduct so of a different focus. But to the client base now, again, I just wanted to ask you: Do you do you do you build the program? Because first, I never asked you why you even started the program. But did you do you build the program in in the pursuit of repeat business, or do you work with one client and you know, and you achieve what you wanted to achieve and then move on to the next? You know what I'm saying? It's a very different different approach to both of them. I always see that there's no end to learning. Sure. So once you open a door and you create an interest and curiosity and maybe even it starts maybe with just a, an interest and curiosity and then you create a hunger for more. Mm. Um, I don't see w why n this business could not be based on repeated clients, but as my personal objective is to touch as many sure. 
as many organizations or as many businesses as possible and therefore yes maybe it would be easier to find you know few clients and have a longer programs with them and have the repeat business with the same organization over and over again but my objective is beyond just to have this as a business because mm. when we one of the part of the uh, retreats that we create we want to also create the community leaders so we're not just creating the future leaders of the future organizations that have a different approach to do business my objective is also create community leaders who are gonna go back to their communities whatever country they coming from and uh, and actually start building the more connected places because my uh, the, the i told you how this project started it was started from my own personal pain point where i felt already very socially disconnected from the rest of the world from the community with the impact as much as we, we love social media and what it does for us the impact it makes on the way we connect with each other and the skills that we're losing in the process so i was already f feeling the the negative impact of s of increasingly disconnected world before the pandemic and pandemic just opened that wound and 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 expanded it even more and and when we were socially isolated um that was a major pain for me and i see a lot of people suffering um as a result of it too so i made it my goal as we exit obviously the, the pandemic and it's safe to start connecting again i want to go beyond that i want to not just having different way we do business and different way we have our personal relationships and different way we um build our families but also how we can have better connected communities how can we create better connected cities how can we create better better connected countries and i know it's a maybe a utopia or maybe it's a a mission b too big for one person but if we can build in, in our program that all the people that we develop the skills for and when we create the, the leaders or when we take the leaders and and and, and make them skilled for what the future is 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 having in front of us is to instill that urge to go back to their communities and and make the world more connected okay so do and you that is my mission and by the way talking about the traditional leaders and and um it's not mark for example mark zuckerberg he mm. had an interview on one of the podcasts with Lex Friedman. I mm. don't know whether you've seen that that podcast. I mean, I love I love that podcast. But he had an interview with Lex, and Lex was asking him a lot of questions about how the Facebook started and what his goals and roles and and what is his vision. And at the end of the interview, after they were talking about different business side of things and all of that, and the and the end of the interview, he said that I started this because of human connection. Mm. And this is, you know, one of the uh, richest people in the world, and one of the not a lot of people have. I mean, his controversial figure to quote, but his goal to start the Facebook was not to make money. His goal to increase the human connection, whether he did it or not, is questionable. But 
what he reached in terms of the profit was just a byproduct. Okay. So the point I'm making is that it's not mutually exclusive. You can have a, a goal um, and it's based on other values than the, pr the profit, profit line. maximization, yeah. And it leads to profit maximization, but not just the normal, like it leads to a larger scope, a completely different scope and completely different level. I mean, look how we're Facebook today. Let's pause this for one second. First, Facebook started as a, as a website that, w that was about reviewing women on high school. Second, he, t he had a PR team who mentioned that. And uh, this is why I let you have... No, he said it, he said it. Yeah, but he also has a PR team that whispers in his ear what to say and what to not. No, but, but, no, but listen to his interview. Like, this is... I, I listen to it on Joe Rogan's, for example. I, I mean, I know... I, I <laughs> I no, 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 <laughs> I know what he has to say, but I mean, I, I felt at that particular moment he was genuine. And he wasn't whispering, like, you, you looked at what he said. Looking genuine? Have you seen him when he had a, that interview? Not interview. Have you and forget the, just the interview. When he was, like, a, in front of Congress, he looked like a lizard. Did you see how he drank water? He was like, I, I, why? He's, he's so a, far removed from human. It's irrelevant. I think I'm, I'm, I'm giving him as an example. I felt at the time he was genuine. I felt that here we have a successful, from the profit and bottom line point of view, successful businessman who does say that human connection is the most important thing. But do you me. not think that's And he expanded biased? on that. I don't think it's biased. He expanded on that. He did say that all I, the most important, and, and Lex asked him, what is human connection for you? And what, how do you personally, what, what, what it means? What is the, he, he later asked him, what is your purpose in life? What is your life purpose? And he did say, I'm, I'm, I don't have an mm. e exact, sentence mm. but he say my purpose in life is my most closest humans in my life is my family is my um the the connection that i have with people this is my this is my life purpose and i can give you an example in, in another interview when when he asked don't you feel that you introduced social media and people are now stuck in their phones looking at their screens and not interacting with human beings he's saying he said well think of the activity they would have just been sitting in front of the TV. Instead, now they're messaging their friends. That's a step up. So <laughs> do you get what I mean? It's he, like he did. I <coughs> like this was I, the one with Joe Rogan that he yeah, talks about. Yeah, well, potentially. Lex, um, what I like the 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 interviews that Lex does. Lex does tend to get the core of the people out. He goes deep. He sure. doesn't, he's, I mean, Joe Rogans and him are good friends, I believe, and they have a completely <laughs> different style. No, no, I love how, how we're talking about people we've never met. <laughs> we do. And that's, that's, as I said, that's gossiping. But, but no, they, they do, I mean, I, I'm, uh, they do spend time together and they do quote each other as, as, as he's one of my best friends and so I'm just repeating what they said. Um, he has in uh, which is what i love about his his podcast is he's he's got that ability to get out of people what you would not normally get and with mark for example the interview he was asking him questions about life death purpose and 
I believe he caught him on guard when he, when he asked this question. And mm. I do believe that what he said about the human connection, what he said about life, death, purpose, um, was genuine. Because it was just, he was not, these were not the questions that he was prepared. You can tell that he was completely off guard and I, I, you can tell that he was searching. I'll, I'll have to look, I'll have to watch it as soon as I get home, I promise you. Yeah. Because it, my gut, coming from the media world, working in media most of my life, I know that 95% is stuff is, is either pre-talked or descriptive. Like I just offered to you, I said, hey, do you, is there any specific questions you would like me to ask? Is there anything you, you would want to get into, right? And then I, I would throw you like a curveball or I would make a little bit more grilling on certain issues. I, I know that that's like... Yeah, but you have not given me any questions that you're going to be asking. So mm. in fact, you kept it pretty, pretty secretly secretly i didn't don't so think it was secret i didn't have any no. pre-christians when so, he walked so, in so 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 it's not and i believe that lex probably didn't share the questions that he had for him either and we don't, I, know. I don't know and we I could have be to check it out we, we could be cynical about it but i tend to read people well and i believe sure. in that particular interview he wasn't uh, reading a PR script that was written for him in advance. He wasn't. I, I, was I mean, completely I the mask slipped off, in my opinion, in that particular moment. And and I don't want to spend too much time talking about him. I don't think it's worth it. But <laughs> I, just, I just think... I just think... Um, I just think... That was an example given to illustrate that there is no mutual exclusivity sure. between the bottom line, the profit, and what <sighs> motivates you. Listen, I'm not going to counter you because it's your business structure, and I don't, I don't want to counter your own business. I, 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 I just find it like, I just don't understand. I, I, it just, this, again, this is not going to be used in the edit or whatever. I, I just don't understand from, the, from a prospect of being a business owner, of being a consultant, of working. It's its always been either bottom line and it's been like, fuck your friends. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, you know, there's a job to be done. It's you know what I mean? It, it's, it's it has changed. And you, if you haven't noticed it, I, I, I have good news for you. Maybe. I, I mean, maybe I'm an if old, like, maybe, maybe I'm an old dinosaur. Maybe you are. Um, but if, 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 it, if you haven't noticed that it, it, ha it like, if you haven't noticed the shift, I, I, I honestly, I feel like things have become more fake than anything than ever before. They can't be. Absolutely, it's been no. so much more worse than than in the nineties. It it will be either or. You either go genuine, authentic, or there's no middle. I agree with that. There will just it's it's either or. And people who are still doing the business traditional way. Good luck to them. Yeah, we won't see them in three years' time. I find that interesting. I find that interesting because, as you know, you, you uh, what's there's an old saying, right? It takes a very long time for a bad business to die. I'm I'm not wishing anybody to die. No, I'm not <laughs> I'm wishing for the business to go bankrupt. I'm not wishing. I'm just. I I I hope this is a wake up call. Sure. I don't want anyone. This is not the 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 ethics of what we offer to the world we want everyone to succeed but we want everyone to recognize the shift and to m get the skills and upskill the the teams the organizations uh look at the values look at what drives the organization where you can make impact and take it from there because if that is if 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 there is an organization that hasn't recognized that the shift took place um they have a rude awakening ahead of them and i feel that 
we are at the right time at the right place and maybe a little bit forward thinking and maybe a little bit ahead of time but there's always innovators okay. and there's always uh, disruptors and i do come from a traditional academic background i just completed my fifth degree so i don't okay. negate that okay. but um i do think that the education will be obsolete i do think that the the traditional training and skill acquire acquiring the way we do it is is also changing changing i agree with that so we do need to innovate and we do need to look forward what what is the future i was never interested in something what we had in the past i mean i do like the history and the past and i recognize because it gives you a lot of insights in where you know how the the, the human development was taking it place it's also structure it gives you structure it gives you certain patterns and they are really important but on the other hand there is an innovation an innovation in in the way we learn there is an innovation in the skills we need for the future given the current trends and environment and this is what but don't you feel that there is such a large because right now you're you're using a sweeping generalization because in each culture is inherently different of an organizational structure for example in Japan if you were sitting in a board meeting and the chairman hasn't taken a sip of his tea and you took a sip of your tea that's a big taboo and it actually goes by ranking of how important by the org chart <laughs> that's that's what he could have the sip <laughs> There is a culture of course uh, there there are cultural differences and Absolutely. I, and 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 each culture has the good potentially you know we have obviously the more individualistic culture we have we have more community oriented or uh, collective uh, cultures I think we go deeper than that because when it comes to human connection and the way we are as humans if you remove the culture again culture is one of the layers remember the uh, onion uh, metaphor that mm. i was uh, that i was using and they say we we peel the layers and culture is one of them because we are influenced by culture and we are influenced by the family that where we grew up how we grew up who brought us up how it, it has been done how much love we received as as humans um how much respect we got and all of this obviously influences us so these are the layers mm. um expectations by cultures by society by where we work and what we do how we dress and all of this these are the layers that we help peeling because when it comes to human connection we are beyond culture it's not really something that when you authentically connect with another human culture becomes less important i'm not saying that it's not important of course you need to know the the, the, the protocols or the different cultural differences but but the the human connection goes beyond that okay so when and there is so many studies that has been done when we look at the different humans and how let's say how we love whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's Japan, whether it's the emotion is exactly the same, whether it's somebody who maybe never seen humans and they live somewhere in the jungle. The emotion is the same because when you look at the human emotions and you look at different how we as humans express emotions, 
they're not culturally driven. I, I would argue they're massively culturally driven. Not on the on not on emotional level. Uh, not on the f level of feeling. Of course. Would you think Japan Japanese people feel love differently than than people no, in Saudi Arabia? No, but they express Arabia? love. They love, love differently. That is not feeling. That is cultural. That the How do you infer love by expression? No. Like if 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 your wife can love you as much as she loves you, but if she doesn't express that she loves you. You will never know. But that's on the human level. That's not on the cultural level. She's not going to express her love culturally to you. Sure. She's going to express to you as human to human. Sure. So you're going to have differences on the human level, but not on the cultural level uh, necessarily, because uh, you see a lot of people who have, let's say, marriages from different cultural backgrounds, and it works because they are able to express love to each other, regardless of whether in that particular culture this is how people express it or in this particular culture but it requires people don't a lot of communication though. people don't express any emotions and this is another skill no because i i, I mean i've i i've i coming from a a what is it like a uh, a biodiverse family whatever the title is from two different cultures i can tell you it takes a lot of communication for for that to work because they're of how different their standards and norms and their cultures are of course standards and norms but not the human emotion Okay. We're talking about stand, stand, like exactly. That's the that's the exactly the word that you used. The standards and norms, and they are not human emotion that I'm talking about. Okay. So when you uh, learn how to listen to someone and you learn how to understand someone, it, it it's irrelevant which whether this person is from Germany or from Saudi or from Japan or from Canada or from. It's the same listening skill. Or if you learn how to communicate what you have to say, regardless of what setting you're in, authentically, it's nothing to do with the culture because it's going to be understood or taken from the right angle if this is your authentic way of expressing yourself. People do recognize when it comes from your do you think people are like that emotionally like when you are on stage and you fit when you try to fit a particular setting okay so you come on stage and you say okay i am i don't know we are at the well-being conference and we're going to be talking about the well-being so i'm going to be a well-being expert and you come on stage and you have the audience in mind and you have I'm a well-being speaker and you have presentation that is, is aligned with it. Um, is one approach and that's where you take to consideration, okay, what is the culture of these people and what is their, uh, I don't know, their standards, their norms, what are the industry acceptable way of I don't know, presenting, hearing information, receiving it, and so on. And when you create an experience on stage where it comes from who you are at the particular moment, um, it comes from where you are, it's like you know a snapshot of who you are, where you are in the particular moment, and you share that with people. And I'm not talking about oversharing what you have inside you, but if you authentically create an experience on stage where you share a part of your human soul 
it will be felt by all people on in the audience regardless of the culture okay and it's not something that i can tangibly present but there is a set of tools that you can use to get yourself to that stage so when you walk on the stage and yes you you know you have a preparation you have your you know maybe points what you want to say but you create an experience on stage where you share a part of you with the audience and create that connection and that is bypassing the culture the standards the norms of that particular industry and so on even though you do talk about something which is related to that particular topic so you're talking about that wow factor when somebody comes in through a door you know there's that how does it go um, if you can hear me coming down the hall you can hear a piano fall right they're not really getting what i'm saying it's like that that like that incredible charismatic thing where somebody just walks in the door the room like stops yes there is a tool yeah how to make it happen and also it's 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 about before you go on the stage connecting with where you are at this particular moment because we have different moments so this morning you could be i don't know serious in the afternoon you could be playful something affected you the night before you could be i don't know moody or you could be uh, in a different so it's like I it's like a snapshot people are not constant so we are humans and we are affected by a lot of external and internal factors so when you authentically assess where you are at this particular moment when you're just about to come on stage and you present the people that version of yourself of that the snapshot that you are at that particular moment without trying to okay something just happened to me i'm affected by a lot of things but i'm gonna b wear a mask of a presenter i'm gonna be oh you know i'm gonna be very um, energetic and i'm gonna be motivated i'm gonna be inspiring and all of that where you don't feel like it that's gonna create a disconnect but when you authentically connect with where you are in the particular time and space with what just happened in your life and you go on stage and you do present that version of yourself at that particular moment and you do take time to consider the time and space and you as a human in that snapshot that creates that authentic experience with which people recognize regardless of the industry norms regardless of the culture standards regulations expectations you create a different experience and i'm just giving you one of the examples because this is one of the topic that we teach but it, it goes be across the board with 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 other topics authenticity is recognizable across all cultures when somebody is authentic when somebody emotions people read emotions regardless whether you're in japan or whether you are maybe culturally you're not expressing them as uh, naturally and as freely as some other cultures uh, you know if you're in latin america it's a completely different w approach to expressing your emotions but when people see the emotions they recognize it in others again we are on two sides of a river i find it amazing maybe i'm a robot inside because to me the moment it's like like do or die the moment i sit in this chair I take wh whoever I am and I turn it up to 11 and it's just that there is if any uh, like anything that happened that like prior to the moment I sit in here doesn't matter anything <laughs> that will happen after doesn't matter 
Like it is No, you are in that moment and that 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 creates authenticity. I'm not saying Okay, okay, I get what you're saying now. Okay, okay, okay. But okay. you're not Okay, so so you mentioned earlier that Sure. what you are off stage is on, what on you stage. are on stage. Absolutely. So there is one Because the mask thing is not yeah, with me. Yeah. But I do turn up who I am personality-wise. I turn it up. I bring more energy than I would normally bring into a discussion. That makes sense. I no, yeah. I'm I'm not saying that it's bad or wrong, but it's not necessary because <laughs> I'm just lying it either. if you if you are if you are um, if you are coming to an interview and you not and maybe your energy is low at a particular time, and you connect to me with a low energy from the point of the low energy, but authentically, mm -hmm. it's gonna create a different dynamic. Maybe it's gonna bring a different dynamic to a conversation. Let's say you have a low. Oh, I, I agree with that okay. statement. So you have a low energy. You come to the interview, and this is the way you're gonna start the interview, and it will also create a mirroring effect. And maybe I will go into the low energy, and maybe you're gonna. And maybe, not maybe, but definitely our interview is going to go in a different direction because your energy is go I'm going to mirror your energy and may what we're going to talk about is going to be different. Your particular energy, maybe we're going to go deeper, maybe we're going to go more emotional, maybe we're going to go more, um, okay, let's, let's, let's explore the, the angles of each other that we would not explore if we were all like hype, hype up and upbeat and so on. That's really so interesting. Okay, so yeah. So that creates a different type of connection, but that connection is more authentic when you are... I've never looked at it from top-down approach, by the way. When you are in, in, in way at that particular state at the of that particular moment. I, I do agree with you in the sense as well that, that when somebody is, is very fake, it's very, it's like that America thing with that sm fake smile. You know it, and it's irritating, and you can't connect. I, exactly, I, I agree with that totally. I'm with you 100% on that. And you see a lot of, you know, a lot of people put that mask on. Well, I have to be a bit. I have to be energetic. I have to be optimistic. I have to be positive. What if you're not positive? You know, yeah, what you can, you can get like that. I you, get you, that. You, you, you get it. Like, you know, let's say before our interview. My cat, like who's the you know the w one of the creatures that I love m the most. I mean, not the most, but one of the most beloved creatures in my life. It has been really, really sick. It oh affects. I'm sorry. No, I mean I'm not saying it's okay. too, but I'm saying just an example. So it does affect the way I'm talking to you today, for sure. And I'm not, and I'm, and I do not want to come to uh, a conversation with anyone, whether it's recorded or not. I don't don't want to come with a conversation with a fake smile and saying I'm the most positive person in the world, mo most optimistic because we've we had that as well. Yeah, because we will connect differently if we I if I bring the whole of myself sure. and the whole of myself is dealing, let's say, with the cat problem. So I do not want to come to any conversation or any connection uh, with a hat or a mask mm. or something that would make me connect to the person differently differently and mm. it would Bef before we wrap it up because it's eight o'clock oh is there God. anything you would like to add how would people find you how would people maybe contact you from a business perspective yeah they could uh, contact us via website on the school of human connection.com but if you're down for it come yeah, back yeah, in october yeah. and we can go more into the human school of connection and the yeah. events and the facilities and the programs yes inshallah Absolutely. I hope it wasn't too painful. 
It wasn't painful, but uh, you didn't tell me you're going to be grilling me. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's part of the nature, no? It has to be good content. 